Hello, lovely single mums, and thank you for joining this podcast where we'll be taking you through um, something that might make you sigh, but it's very important that you listen. It's about how super works when you separate. My name is Lucy Good, and I'm the founder of Beanstalk, an online space dedicated to supporting and inspiring single mums from all walks of life. And today I have pleasure once again to chat to the financial expert advisor for Beanstalk and the Single Mum Vine, and that is Belinda Eldridge from Divide. Uh, Most of you listening in, I'm sure, will already know Belinda, but if not, I'll tell you a little bit um, about her. She's the founder and managing director of Divide, um, and Divide helps couples who have separated to financially separate in a cost-effective manner without using lawyers. Belinda's also a single mother, and she loves helping separated couples, and she does it with transparency and honesty. Not only does she give them the facts, but she also gives them hope, empathy, and the understanding that, yes, it may be hard now, but it will get better. She works with couples to determine what financial structure will work best for them as two single parents co-parenting, and then helps them to agree on the action plan to implement the new structure as cost-effectively as possible. Welcome once again to the podcast, Belinda. Thank you. What an introduction. Lovely to be here again. (laughs) Always love to chat to you. But um, as I mentioned at the very beginning, this is not the most exciting of topics, but it is so important. Um, And the idea of this podcast is to make super, super clear. Um, We're going to try and do it within 30 minutes, as we always do. So to the people listening in, it's 30 minutes out of your life. Um, But if you can take the time to listen right through to the end, you're really going to know your stuff around super. Um, Education is power. Belinda and I bang on about this in every podcast. We do. do. (laughs) If you listen, it's going to set you up right now and way into the future. That's right, isn't it, Belinda? Absolutely. I know super can be an overwhelming topic that confuses all of us. And so the natural thing is just to switch off and put our fingers in our ears. But it's a valuable asset and it's something that too many people don't address in their financial separation and they walk away for money that they're entitled to. So I want to make sure that everyone is getting a fair deal and super is a key part of that deal. Perfect. And that's what we're going to do now. So I've got some questions for you. Um, I'll get started straight away and we're going to be watching the clock and really trying to keep this into 30 minutes um, and provide as much information as possible to the listeners. Um, So my number one question, financial separation can be confusing to say the very least. So add super to the mix and it can be overwhelming. It's almost tempting, as you were saying, to skim over it, perhaps to not include it. How important is it to consider the super of both parties at this stage of the separation journey? Okay, thank you. Um, Yeah, super is an asset. It's defined as a property under the Family Law Act. And when a, a marriage or a de facto relationship breaks down, property is able to be divided and super is part of that property pool. When you're applying to the family court for consent orders, the family court requires the assets and liabilities of both parties, so that's including super, to be included in the documents. So it's a compulsory requirement of the family court 
to include each of your superannuation balances. Um, another key part of the consent orders, which when you submit to the court, the court's then reviewing and signing off, off on, is each party needs to tick the box to say that they've provided full and frank disclosure of their financial position. So they have provided everything that they are aware of. And only when the court has this information can they um, stamp or finalise consent orders and that then creates a document that is a legally binding document, you know, finalising how your assets and liabilities are to be um, separated, but, but endorsed by the court. So mm. some couples choose, they say, we, we, we've agreed we're just going to split the house and we've both agreed to leave super off the table. Now, couples can choose to do that themselves, but the family court would never sign off on such an arrangement because you can't just leave super as a main asset out of the equation. So if couples choose to do that themselves, then they're basically out on their own. So if one person then reneges on the agreement that they've made, they can't go back to the family court to get it endorsed because it hasn't it hasn't been um, reviewed by the family court in the first place. And secondly, if you then do transfers like that and it's not connected to stamped consent orders, then there's not the normal concessions that come with those documents, which is that properties can be transferred free of stamp duty and any capital gain that could be payable is delayed down the line. So we don't need to go into those details now, but basically there are other benefits that come with that document. So if couples choose to do it on the side without the, the, the court's endorsement, um, there's some of the risks that they that they face, just so, so everyone can make an informed choice about what's right for them. Mm. So you do have to mention it if you want to go through the courts. You have to mention that you, um, you have to declare it, as you say. You have to declare it and declare its value. So when you're completing the, the, the application for consent orders, you've got a list under sort of, you know, husband and wife or partner and partner, um, what each of your assets and liabilities are and what their value is. So when it gets to super, you're required to put in the name of your super fund and the most recent balance that you have in that fund in that order so that when that's going to the court, they're reviewing the the totality of your position and they can see each of your assets. And if, and if both of you had blanks and nothing in against super – the court would come back and question that because obviously it's very unusual for you to have no super. Mm -hmm. But you can put, you can declare your super, but also say we don't want to split it. We don't want to do Absolutely. anything with it. Okay. Absolutely. So super certainly does not need to be split. It can be split. But um, a lot of couples that I work with will then say, we've both just agreed to keep our mm -hmm. own super. We don't need to move super. That's absolutely fine. But you must then state the, 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 the current value of each of your superannuation balances in the orders. But okay. no, it does not have to be moved. Okay, so if you want to really formalise everything, then you do have to declare it. Correct. Um, okay, all right. So this moves us perfectly onto our next question. So as we just said, it can be split between the parties. So what are the circumstances that would, you know, that would make this happen? Um, so yes, the, there's new superannuation splitting laws um, which allow superannuation to be divided between the parties when a relationship 
breaks down. So as part of your financial separation and your settlement, super can be moved from one party to the other as part of your overall agreement. But the key thing for people to understand here is splitting super doesn't convert it into a cash asset. So, so what that means is it still needs to stay in super. So it can go from, and this is you know normally the way it works, from husband's super to wife's super, but wife can't then take that money out and use that to go as a deposit towards purchasing a property, you know? So um, just having a relationship breakdown doesn't enable super to come out as a cash asset. That's then governed by the normal superannuation cashing rules. But it does um, enable, that's the only time that enables it to be moved between the, 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 the parties. So there's, there's a whole lot of other rules that, w that we can certainly get into about when you can take your super out, but just understanding that the marriage breakdown and the property settlement enables it to move from one party to the other, but not come out of the environment. And, and this, this works really well, particularly if you're then, you know, working with your ex so that you can both look practically at how your financial goals can, can be met. Because um, when I'm working with couples, one of the first things that we normally look at is whether the family home needs to be sold or whether one person is can, can buy the other person out if that's what they both choose. So as part of this exercise, I will send those people off to their banks or their mortgage brokers and find out how much they can each borrow in their own right. And armed with that information, we can then look at how those assets might then be split. So a common scenario, a generalisation, but this is how it normally works, is that the husband has the larger super balance and the wife has the lower super balance and the lower salary and therefore the lower borrowing capacity. So what we might then look at doing is that say husband keeps his larger super and wife gets a larger portion of cash that's being divided up and therefore the amount that she needs to borrow and that she's able to borrow is less. So we can then get a situation where say if the family home is sold, the wife might get a larger chunk of the cash to enable her to buy a smaller you know, apartment or house in her own name and the husband can also do the same because he's able to, to, to borrow more and if you can structure like that, then both people are able to move on in a far more positive way with their life because they've both then been able to secure something of their own. Obviously, it's not as big and flash as it was before, but it's still their own and it gives them security. Whereas if one person can afford to do that and the other person can't, that can cause real angst, which then affects your ability to be able to successfully co-parent moving moving forward. So as, as part of this exercise, people get very hung up on what the percentage split is. And the percentage split is obviously a very relevant number, but also the nature of the assets that are being split is also key because um, cash now versus super now, if you're looking at getting the same amounts, cash now is effectively worth more to you because you can actually do something with it. You can use it to pay down debt or you can use it as a deposit towards a mortgage, whereas the super, yes, your super balance has gone up, but you can't actually do anything with that until you meet one of the conditions of release. But in practicality, that's normally like you're, you're over over 60 is when it starts becoming um, 
practical to most people. And I think this just goes to show why it's so important to get somebody, a professional person to help you with this, because I don't think many people would would think of it like that at all um, in the, the thought of actually being able to move forward in a good manner for both parties and both be able to get um, a nice property or a reasonable reasonable property um, is actually linked to that super side of correct. things. Um, correct. People just wouldn't think like that. Um, they might do, but you know, most people are not very clear-headed at this time anyway because they're going Abs- through such emotional strain. But people... people- People don't understand super at the best of times. So then put yourself in the middle of a relationship breakdown. It's not the time you want to be learning about your super, you know. So that's where you need, um, yeah, professionals to help you. And quite often what I find, it's also then helping to educate the other party. So they might have agreed something, you know, know, say the wife's to buy the husband out of the, the house and they think that's all fine. And I will then... Rather than saying she's not going to be able to borrow that amount of money, I will then say, okay, you go off to a, a mortgage broker and find out how much you can borrow. So then we're getting something independent that's coming back from the mortgage broker where the bank's saying, I'll only lend you this. Armed with that information, I can then present that to the husband as well and say, this is the situation. She's not able to borrow that much, but if we can consider juggling your super around like this and you keep more of your super and all the rest of it, then we can structure something which then enables each parent to be in a happy place because they can own their own home if that's what they both choose and for you to create two stable homes for your children to successfully move back and forward between. And so quite often, even if the husband initially might be saying, no, I'm not open to that, when you present it in that practical way and they then understand the benefits for their children then then they're open to, to to looking at it because everyone's being transparent they're then knowing that the wife is is telling them the truth you know and this mm. and the same works both ways so quite often obviously when they deal with a mortgage broker that is you know confidential and a professional relationship with just them but i often then encourage them to share that information Mm. with their ex so that everyone can see all the facts and with that you know there's trust and credibility builds and then people are prepared to be more flexible so yeah yeah, I find that works really well and end result happier kids and that's what it's all about um so now we did talk about accessing super um and it's not normal to access it I don't believe um during the separation process or at any time until a certain age um, but in some cases, it is possible. So can you just talk us through what circumstances would allow for this to happen? Sure. Um, so um, as I said before, uh, super can only be withdrawn if you meet a condition of release. So separating or ending a relationship does not, of its on its own, enable you to withdraw your money from super. So the same rules apply whether you're in a relationship or, or not. Um, as an aside, if you've got a self-managed super fund, that creates um, extra challenges um, because normally in a self-managed super fund, there's yourself and your ex-partner and going forward, the court doesn't like to see you both continuing in that same super fund. So different things need to happen for one person to come out of that super fund. But this self-managed super funds are a complicated area and not everyone has them. So I won't talk any more about that there, but if anyone 
has a self-managed super fund and wants to have a chat to me about the options for how to make that work, then please feel free to contact contact me because there's there's clever nerdy accounting things that you can do there. But anyway, we won't talk about those. Um, so the to be able to take your money out of super, you need to meet a condition of release. And um, that's a condition of release is then defined in the legislation and there are a number of factors which enable you to qualify to withdraw your super. So the, the, the key ones are retiring, uh, ceasing an employment arrangement on or after the age of 60, which just means you don't need to totally retire after 60, but if you complete a job, that enables you to access the money. So this is where, with some of this terminology, we can also be clever with how we structure things. People might start jobs and stop them and they're over 60 and that entitles them to access this, their super. But um, yeah, retiring, ceasing um, a relationship employment after the age of 60 or meeting one of these other specialised conditions, which I'll go on and mention. But these other specialised conditions have really strict requirements. So if you're thinking that you might be able to access one of these, I strongly recommend that you contact your super fund and understand it because the, the, the where people used to be able to get money out through some of these options, they're now really tightening the screws and, and, and the government is changing it and now they've got the ATO making some of these decisions rather than the super fund. So please, you know, investigate before you think you can just automatically get the money. But some of the other specific um, conditions of release are severe financial hardship, uh, permanent incapacity, temporary incapacity, compassionate grounds, or a terminal medical condition. But each of these um, subsets has their own set of rules. So your starting point would be to contact your super fund and then understand what that entitles you to. If it's like for severe financial hardship, you need to prove that you're on Centrelink benefits for over six months and the maximum you can then get out is 10,000 a year. You know, so, so people think, oh, if I can show severe financial hardship, I can access all of it. No, no, you can't. So I want people to make sure they understand all of these things before they agree on their property settlement so that what they think is going to happen, um, you know, they've got knowledge in advance and they can then change what they do in their property settlement if they're not going to be able to get what they thought they might have been able to get. And I think that's cleared it up really because there is a general confusion in this area where people can think, oh, I'm going to get some of his super or some of her Correct. super. Well, yes, you might, but it is still going to be super that you get later on in life. It's not Correct. money that you can use um, today you can't access it and that as you say you know, hardship is real true hardship isn't it um, oh absolutely and hardship they keep tightening the definition of hardship you know so um, yeah what people used to be able to get on hardship a few years ago like everything to do with the super environment it, it's just become a lot more legislated and so with that you need to fall into one of their categories of hardship, which might not actually equal your true hardship. Mm. And so, at, you know, at a time when, you, when you're hugely stressed, and we all know what financial stress does to all of us, um, 
it, it can then can be like another slap in the face that you've got this bureaucrat at the end of the super fund saying, no, that doesn't qualify as financial hardship. And you're like, hey, I'm living it. It is financial hardship, you know. Mm. But but that's why it's best to investigate all of this before your property settlement because then if you find out, oh, okay, I'm not actually going to qualify to get any mm. of my super or his super through financial hardship, that then determines what you need to ask for in your property settlement because you know you can't depend on what you thought you might have been able to get. So it's all about having the facts so there are no surprises down the track. Yeah, knowledge is power, as we always Correct. say. Correct. <laughs> right. um, so just to add another element into the equation, let's talk about tax. Um, so how are super withdrawals taxed if you do manage to get an early withdrawal? And is there anything else that we should be aware of at this stage around tax and super? Yes, superannuation and tax is, is, is key. And understanding it or understanding enough of it that you know when you need to get advice is, is also crucial because when you access your super... Um, there's there's excellent tax planning that is part of that decision. And if you get it wrong, you can pay a lot of tax. And if you get it right, you can pay no tax. So obviously, everyone's goal in life is to pay no tax. So so um, it's worthwhile understanding it and 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 getting some advice to to help you with that. So the other key thing that sort of flows on from what we were talking about before is you you may be able to access your super early if you meet one of those earlier um, terms that we talked about, but that might not be the best uh, tax, you know, tax advice for you to take because if you're taking your super out early, you're going to pay a lot more on tax and if you understood that beforehand and you really need money from somewhere else, you might be able to explore other opportunities for getting those those funds. Mm. So before you are looking at making any withdrawal from your super fund, you need to make contact with your super fund and understand how that withdrawal will be taxed so that you're understanding what the net amount you'll receive is. Because like with the um, 10,000 you can get out for um, severe financial hardship, that they they then take the tax out of the 10,000 so you don't even get the full 10,000, you know? So that's why you want to understand and contacting your super fund, they're then able to do you up um, something you wanted in writing to understand how that will be taxed so then you can make um, a choice. But basically how the tax is calculated um, depends on a number of factors. So there's various formulas involved. So. I'll try and give you the summary version. If I get too technical, please pull me up. Um, so the, the the key factors that that determine how it's taxed is how old you are, um, whether you have retired or whether you have ceased employment, particularly if you're over the age of 60, and whether the super that you're being paid comes from a taxed or an untaxed source. So I'll explain taxed and, and, and unsa- untaxed. So um, your super payment will be taxed based on whether the balance sitting in your super account is tax-free or 
taxable. And, and all super balances are normally made up of a portion of both, a tax-free balance and a taxable balance. And it, um, it generally is determined whether, whether a portion is taxable or tax-free based on the type of contributions that were made and whether tax has been paid on those contributions. So if someone makes a not, it's called a non-concessional after-tax contribution. So that's where you make a contribution to your super fund from your after-tax income. So you've, you've, you know, you've received your, your pay and then you choose from that after-tax income to make a contribution into your super fund. Because neither you nor your employer has got a tax deduction on that amount of money, it goes in as a tax-free contribution. So when your employer has made a, uh, you know, as part of your salary, has made a payment on of super on your behalf, they are getting a tax deduction for that. So a simple way for you to think of it is if anyone has got a tax deduction on that super contribution that has gone in, then it's classed as a taxable contribution. And if no one has received a tax deduction, then it's classed as a tax-free contribution. So um, taxable contributions, which are concessional contributions, which are made from before tax income, which means someone gets a tax deduction, are contributions that your employer makes, that they're required to make, so you super guarantee, money that you salary sacrifice from your wage into super, and any personal super contributions that you make that you then claim a tax deduction for. So generally, your super benefit will include both a taxable and a tax-free component. And when you make a withdrawal, your, your fund calculates like a proportion of each. So you can't just take a withdrawal out and say, I only want to take the tax-free out, tax-free amount out. It doesn't work like that. So it's taken as a proportion from each bucket, if we call it that. Mm. So the key thing is to get information from your super fund on what that looks like. But the, the sort of key things to remember, and as part of the sort of tax planning guidelines, is if you get money out of super, because you qualify for one of the other conditions that we mocked, talked about, um, and you are aged less than 55 years, you will generally pay 22% tax on the amount that comes out. If you're between 55 and 60 years of age, and there's other separate rules that are um, linked into that, it's called preservation age, so it depends on your year of birth. But basically, if, you, if you're in the region of 55 to 60, you will pay, um, you pay zero tax on the first 205,000 that is withdrawn because that is that's the current low rate cap. Now this figure is indexed annually, but if you're in that range you can access that and so at the moment the low rate cap is 205,000 a year. So you can get out the first 205,000 tax free and then you would pay 17% tax on the amount above the low rate cap. But if you're over 60 years of age, da 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 the whole amount withdrawn is tax-free. Right. So you can see that there's huge benefits in structuring your finances so that you're not accessing your super until you're over 60, if that is at all possible. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Look, I'm going to 
I'm going to move on very quickly to the to our final question because I was we, we're coming up to our 30 minutes and yeah. although I have a few questions around text I'd rather ask this last question because I think it's going to be more important and we're going to give your information out in a minute as well so if anybody wants to delve a bit deeper as you say they can always yeah. contact you around that absolutely okay so my last question so for any single mums who are listening who are on the verge of their financial separation what can they do right now to ensure they have everything in order regarding their super? Okay. The first thing is to contact their super fund and get a copy of two things, both their most recent annual superannuation statement and an extract of their current superannuation balance. Now, most of the super funds you can um, you know, register online and you can get this information online, but otherwise you can ring them up and, and they can they can email it to you. And the key thing in getting your most recent annual statement and your extract of the current balance, it'll tell you how much your balance is and then you will be able to also see the split between the taxable and the tax-free portions. So that's the first most important thing. The next thing is to find any lost super that you've had over the years. We've all at different times, you know, worked various jobs and sometimes you think, oh, is there any other super floating around out there that we don't know about? So this, the, the, the government have done a really good job of making this very user-friendly. So this can be done for free through your MyGov account or your current super fund can assist you. So you can, again, in that same phone call where you're ringing up to get your statements, you can then say, can you help me find my lost super? And with your... Um, tax file number and your date of birth, they can then assist you to locate any lost super. And when lost super has been found, or if you have a number of super funds, you normally would decide on which one you want to have as your main super fund, and then you would get your super fund that you choose as your main super fund to assist you to roll over any of the smaller balances from the other funds into your main fund and then close down those other funds. So it's, it's sort of a, it's a tidy up exercise to just re reduce the amount of admin that you have that you've got all your super in, in one place. So most people choose to have only one fund because it just makes admin easier. But in certain cases, it's beneficial to have more than one fund if you've got specific personal insurance needs, like different super funds offer, offer better deals on personal insurance. So if you're in one of these categories, then you really need to get the assistance of a financial planner who is registered to be able to talk about specific insurance products for you. But otherwise, the, the goal is to reduce the number of super funds you have, and if you can reduce it to one and clean it up, and then you get the annual statement each year, then that's great. Um, the next thing is to review from your from your super statement or, again, from asking your fund, who your nominated superannuation beneficiary is. And you want to do this on each of the funds that you're wanting to, to keep because um, normally in our super funds, we've nominated our, our partner to be our beneficiary so that if something happens to us, all our super goes to them. But once we separate, we might want to, and most often do, want to reassess this decision. So quite often we want to change our nominated beneficiary after separation from our partner to our children. And you can then have, you know, say that it goes to your children in equal shares. So that's an important thing to do because one thing that a lot of people don't realise is your super 
isn't actually covered by your your will. Your super is covered by wh who you've um, nominated as your beneficiary. So obviously, mums have worked very hard to get their super and they want to make sure their super is going where they want it to go to. So updating that beneficiary is is key. And as part of that process, um, obviously, you will and updating that, particularly if you've got children under 18 and you're wanting to then nominate guardians and who you want to care for your children is also important. But um, yeah, if you contact your super fund, you're then getting your annual statement, your current extract, details of who your beneficiaries are, details of how to update your beneficiaries and um, getting them to assist you to find any lost super and closed down super funds. We'll have your super all nice and tidy and in one spot and you then know exactly what you've got as you move into your property um, settlement. That's great. Thank you. And it's good always to talk about these starting points at the end of a podcast like this, because I think some people can feel a little bit confused by all the information. So what you've got there from Belinda are some really great starting points and things you can actually do, you know, make the phone calls and check out the details on your super funds and things like that. So you can get started with this yourself today, um, even though you might well need a bit of help with it further down the line. And even if you're not yet separated and you're doing your homework and working out what you want to do to, mm. under, you know, this is something that everyone should do. So you know exactly what you've got in super and, and, and as you, you know, the, the funds are very friendly because they want to keep your business. So as you ring up and have the conversations with them and get this information, it'll also then increase your own knowledge and confidence that, that super then isn't some foreign thing. And you sort of think, oh, okay, this is achievable. Oh, I can understand mm. how, how this works. Once you once you start understanding standing it, everything falls into place, like everything really. Correct, but you're breaking it down into manageable chunks. You're not trying to go in and understand the tax implications straight away. Mm. You're starting off with what have I what have I got, and what's the balance of that, and then then you can move down the track to that. But in a way that you're setting yourself mm. up for for success and understanding, and not overwhelmed all too hard I give up now <laughs> exactly and it, it's often the way when the word super and tax comes together correct <laughs> I know it's sort of Look, glaze please. over <laughs> I know I know tell me about it I'm the, I think I'm the worst <laughs> but look we have we've got our well, I've got all my questions in you've answered them all brilliantly um, we have spoken a couple of times about people maybe needing to contact you to get more information on their own personal situations so Belinda can be found um, all over Beanstalk she's also on the single mum vine but Belinda can you just tell the listeners um, about your website and where they can find you if they want to arrange a chat Sure, sure. So um, we've got a lot of information on the website, so that's a good starting point. So that's www.div-ide.com.au or you can email me at belinda at div-ide.com.au or give me a call 07-3367-5388 and always happy to send you some information, let you digest that and then set up a time for us to have uh, a chat and and see if I can assist you. 
Yep, and like Belinda said, there is a lot of information on that website, and it's all free. Yeah. Um, so sometimes you can just go on and get the information you need straight away from there um, without paying anybody to do that. So go and take a look. Um, and as you're listening to this podcast, you might be linked up to the Beanstalk website now. And if you are, you can link straight through from the home page to the Divide page as well. Um, so or even just send me an email or come onto the Vine, and you'll find Belinda there anyway. But Thank you, Belinda, for for your time. I couldn't have asked for anyone better to help navigate us through the super element of a separation. Um, And I feel that we've done really well because we've thrown a little bit of tax into boot. Uh, amazingly my head isn't spinning and I thought it would be oh uh, good I've succeeded then. <laughs> I really thought it would be but I actually understood everything you said um, and that's compliments to you and your wonderfully way wonderful way really of explaining everything so clearly and concisely um, without um, that added element of confusion that you do get from so many professionals um, nowadays. People do tend to try to confuse you almost. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, we want people to do as much as they can for themselves and save your money so that it can go towards your children. So that's why by if you get onto the website and have a look and then flick that onto your, you know, your spouse or your ex-spouse and then see, is this something we can do? Because the more that you can work together and understand that, the, the more money you'll, you'll, you'll both save, which is which is a win-win for everybody. Of course it is, and especially the children once again, Absolutely. which is the answer, isn't it? So thank you again, Belinda, for coming on, chatting to us and sharing your knowledge and your expertise with us. Thank you for having me. I look forward to the next time. <laughs> we'll have to think of a, an equally exciting topic for the next one. <laughs> but to the single mums who are listening, yes, I get it. The practicalities of a financial separation are hard, even overwhelming, but you need to get this right. By understanding how super works in regards to your separation, it's going to make the process a whole lot less painful. It'll give you the power to know what to ask for, what to expect, and how to reach a resolution quickly so you can move on with your life. Until next time, ladies, goodbye.